So, uh, Father, we come to you in Jesus' name, and we confess that we are unworthy. Who are we to even attempt to talk about you? And so, Lord God, would you spend, send your spirit, and would you preach your gospel this morning, and would you show us what it is, the power of, of love? 
In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, happy Easter. <laughs> Each year, I struggle to know exactly what to say about Easter. I mean, really, <laughs> what is it? And why does it matter? We know that it's the day that we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus from the tomb, right? And yet, that's just one guy from one tomb in one place a long time ago. I mean, I mean imagine that this Tao is all of time, a timeline, from the beginning of time to maybe, maybe now. Well, Easter is somewhere kind of like down here toward the end, but what does Easter matter for every other uh, moment on the timeline? I mean, for Fred Flintstone and, and, uh, and uh, that Jetson guy, what does Easter matter to everybody else on, on the timeline? One time and in one place, um, you know, um, here's where Easter happened, uh, over here in Jerusalem, and here's us over here on the other side of the world. What difference does Easter make on the other side of the earth? Even more importantly, what difference does Easter make under the earth, within the earth? Solomon wrote that we all go to one place. You know what that is? Sheol. Ecclesiastes chapter three. All go to one place. All are from dust, and to dust shall all return. Ecclesiastes nine. There is no wisdom in Sheol to which you are going. Many Bibles translate Sheol as hell. Well, the Hebrews believed that heaven, the sky, is just full. It's full of life. And the earth below is actually empty, empty of light and life. Amazingly, physicists are now saying similar kinds of things, that matter is most empty and space is most full. It's like our earth is a dark little bubble of death floating in a sea of light and substance. Our earth. Well, Easter was one moment in time in one location on the other side of the earth, and it happened to one guy. Statisticians estimate that the number of people that have lived on the face of the earth is something like 106 billion. One dude out of 106 billion and then religious types say, hey, and maybe it could happen to you if you play your cards right. Maybe. Well, everybody dies. And so far in our world, only one dude has walked out of the tomb and stayed out of the tomb. Everybody dies. And every moment dies. To live in time is to constantly die. In my bedroom closet, there are 10 big boxes of moments. And to live in time, every moment dies. 
nine boxes of pictures and one box of videos, 10 boxes into which I'm scared to look, actually. And so really, really haven't looked because the moments now are gone. They've passed, they're, they're dead. Well, last week I pulled out one video, I just picked out one video and I watched it for about like a half an hour and this is what I found. Okay. No, one second, let me get ready. Sure, perfect. Okay. Tell me when you're ready. Hey, Elizabeth, this is your part. Oh, I'm sorry. We want to have the baby do it. Okay, okay, Coleman, this will cheer you up. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Here we go. Ready? Here goes Coleman. Okay, I'll have to help Coleman a little bit. Ready? Here you go, buddy. Watch out. Okay. That was one moment, one evening in 1995. And there was so much life in that moment and the moment's gone. It was so good. And, and now I ache just watching it. My, my two oldest are in college. Becky is graduating from high school. Coleman does not need a whoopee cushion to make that noise anymore. <laughs> and you know, my dad, my dad was also on the tape. I watched a little further and I found this. This is an Easter story. Yeah. Okay, the Easter story. Excuse me, can I ask a question? What, was that the Easter story? No, it's not over yet. Oh, what's Easter about? What is Easter? About Abu. And Abu. What what is Easter about? Uh, it's about hunting eggs. But Elizabeth, I bought something that says your baby. What well, isn't it something about Jesus, you guys? Yeah, huh? Whoa. Hey, John and Becky. Becky. <laughs> Becky. What? What's Easter? Uh, it's it's God. What? Daddy. It's God. It's God. Oh. It's about God. What about okay. God? Okay, everybody, I'm going to hide the eggs. J John, what happened to Jesus on Easter? Um, I don't know. <laughs> See, even the pastor's kids are confused about Easter. And so really, what difference does Easter make? Another one. Becky? Now, you had your turn. Do you want to look through it one more time? Well, okay, now if you, if and that's it, and I don't want any more crying, do you understand? <laughs> you see, death isn't something you experience only once, but you experience every moment in time. You know, the thing that makes a moment good is what? It's the light and the life and the love in that moment. And yet those same things, they, they seem incredibly fragile and limited in this world of ours, like flowers that have been cut. They look alive, but they're dead. Like a body that's bleeding out. Looks alive, but it's dead. 
Goodness is like fruit that's been plucked from some amazing tree. It's so good, but the day you eat it, it dies. And you die. Goodness dies. Or perhaps never was. I mean, part of what makes those videos so painful for me is that during that time I was working like 70 hours a a week and I had so few of those moments. I mean, I watch it and I feel like I failed and then that that work that I worked so hard at failed. Well, whether it's the good or the absence of the good, which is evil, you see, it all kind of feels like sorrow now. For in this world of space and time, everything dies. The new gets old. And so we hang on to the old and try to keep it new. We take pictures. We make videos. We hang on to trinkets and nostalgia. We make our house a home. This is an ashtray I made for my dad in second grade. He didn't smoke. (laughs) But he kept it on his dresser for 35 years. This is a picture my son made for me on Easter, hangs on my office door. Uh, This uh, is a set of shark jaws from our family vacation in Rocky Point, Mexico. Awesome. And this is a picture of my son Coleman with his musical potty chair stuck on his head. (laughs) You see, all of this stuff, here's my video, all this stuff is uh, stuff hanging on the walls surrounding me in my office at home. At home. This um, is the home I grew up in. This is that house now. This is the home where I made those videos. This is that house now. This is my home now. And that's Becky. She's going to college in a few months. They say you can never go home. But we try, don't we? And we hang on to home. That's why we put locks on the doors, to guard the good. That's why we build walls around our cities. That's why we form armies and go to war, to to hang on to whatever good we think we own, we possess. But whether it happens fast or slow, in this world, everything dies. And you cannot go home.
everything dies. So what if one guy at one time in one place on the other side of the world walked out of a tomb? So what? Well, for the last five months, we've been preaching through the Gospel of John. So I thought, let's ask John. It appears that John was the only disciple that went to the tree and watched Jesus die. And like we just uh, read, John was the first to the tomb and the first to believe. And John had the most profound resurrection experience of all the disciples. We don't think of it so much as a resurrection experience, but that's exactly what it was. Well, John watched Jesus die. What died, according to John? Number one, his best friend. I mean a world of good moments. His best friend, and number two, the way, the truth, and the life. That's John 14. The way died, and so all were lost. Not a way, the way. The truth died, so everything, everything was a lie. The life died, and so all died. All creation was like a cut flower, like a body bleeding out, like fruit plucked from some tree. Number three the light of the world. John 1, 8 and 9, and I don't think Jesus even meant it as a metaphor. When Jesus was crucified, a great darkness covered the earth, and when Jesus died, the light died. Physicists tell us that time is relative to the speed of light. Did you, did you know that? They say that at uh, the speed of light, speed of Jesus, Past, present, and future are eternally present, all present realities. It's like a photon of light is eternal, like Jesus is eternal. And you know, he said, before Abraham was, I am. He's above, below, uh, behind, before, all around the timeline, he said, I'm the beginning and the end and he is light. His movement in this world defines time. So when Jesus died, time died. Or perhaps it is finished. Time is finished. And number four, the word died. John 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. All things were made through Him. All things, all space is sustained by God's Word. So when the Word died, all space died. And I don't even think John meant that as a metaphor. The sky grew dark, and the earth shook. It shook. Physicists now say that all space and matter are like vibrations of meaning on superstrings, like, like words. Word in, in Greek is logos, which means reason, logic, meaning, the plot. The plot died. The meaning of all things died when Jesus died. And so number five, when Jesus died, John's home died. 
That is the meaning light and life in every moment died. And John's home, Jerusalem, quite literally died as Jesus said it would. By the end of the first century, when John wrote the gospel and the revelation, he had witnessed the destruction of Jerusalem and the destruction of the temple. His home died. And number six, when Jesus died, John died. Everything John had worked for, all the good in his life. John, John clearly thought that he would rule with Jesus from Jerusalem in a newly constituted kingdom that would just kick butt on the Romans. That's why his mother asked Jesus to let her son sit at his right hand in his kingdom. And that's why uh, John once asked Jesus if he could call down fire upon heaven to consume an entire Samaritan town. And that must be why Jesus nicknamed John Boanerges. Did you remember that? He nicknamed him. It means son of thunder. See, when John first met Jesus, John was a very violent man. But when Jesus died, John died. Everything died. Scripture tells us that the evil one keeps us in lifelong bondage through the fear of death. See, it's not just death on the last day of your life. It's death every moment of your life. Every moment we must surrender the good that was in the last moment. But we hang on to the good like fruit we've stolen from some tree. And so we make our hearts a fortress And then our hearts become our prison. It doesn't guard uh, the good from death, that prison. It guards the good from life, like flowers cut from their stem or fruit plucked from its tree. Our hearts become a prison of fear, full of death and consuming life. Like um, Cher said to to her mother in the movie Moonstruck, she, she asked her, why do men sleep around? And you remember what her mother said? Because they're afraid to die. Afraid to surrender some good, some passion, some life, some sex. You, you see, all evil is unsurrendered, stolen good. It's not just why men sleep around, it's why everyone sins. That's why you take another drink of wine because you don't want to lose the sip you had in the last moment. That's why you eat another donut. That's why you hang on to money. That's why you always have to win. That's why you're nervous and afraid. It's why you're so violent at heart. It's why we go to war and why we nail Jesus to the cross. We want what he is. We want light, life, and love. We want to possess the good in all our moments. But all good is God's good. All sin is stolen good. Every time we sin, we take the good. We take God's life on the tree. We take it like body broken and blood shed. But he gives it like bread and wine. That's called forgiveness. To let someone take the good when it's your good, 
is forgiveness. And to bring back the good, which is not your good, is confession and surrender, which I think we call faith. John writes, Jesus is the lamb who bears away the sin of the world. It's like he gathered all the stolen fruit from the entire earth, from the entire earth, and then went back to the garden and surrendered everything to God his Father on that tree. That's faith. And John, we just read it, uh, that that's where Jesus was crucified, in a garden, on a tree, a school on. That's faith. You see, Jesus is forgiveness for us, and his faith rising within us. If we are joined with Jesus in a death like his, surrendering all, writes Paul, we will surely be joined with Jesus in a resurrection like his. Jesus came then to die for us and with us and then to give everything to us. Not as the good we've taken, which is death, but the good we're given, which is grace. And now I know I just got kind of a little esoteric and theological and everything. So if you checked out, check back in right now, okay? When uh, John saw Jesus die, he saw everything, all things, go into that tomb. And when John saw Jesus rise, what did he see come out of that tomb? Well, number one, his best friend. And you see, that really makes quite a difference when stuff starts coming to life, <laughs> that it's your best friend. I mean, what is the most terrifying phrase you ever hear in a movie? It's alive! Right? <laughs> and what's the most hopeful, wonderful phrase you ever hear in a movie? He's alive! Do you see what a gift it is to come to know Jesus before that day when you see him alive? His best friend. And number two, the way, the truth, and the life. The source, like the, source, like the stem for every flower, the blood in every body, like the branch for every fruit and every vine. And number three, the light. And that means time. That means all of time. Every moment from beginning to end or end to beginning. You see, he is the beginning and the end. And that means that he has the power to do this.
But he doesn't just have the power to reverse time. He has the power to give every moment new meaning, to make the old eternally new. When he died on the cross, he cried, it is finished. And John comments, all was finished. To telestai, it means accomplished. Not like all moments were over, but all moments had reached their perfection and their purpose eternally new. At the cross, eternity invaded time. And through faith, eternity invades your time so that you're not stuck in the past or terrified of the future, but so that you can live now, eternity touches time now. According to John, eternal life is now when we believe. Well, that's a lot to ponder. But John saw all time enter the tomb and all time come out. So when is Easter? Easter is always. Every time that's any time, it's always happening. And number four, John saw the word that upholds all things, risen from the dead. So where is Easter? Easter is everywhere. Even the places that seem like nowhere, places like Sheol. You know, the prophet prophesied that one day, the prophets over and over in the Old Testament, that one day the whole earth would be full of his glory, God's glory. Isaiah even saw it, the whole earth full of his glory. And Paul writes in Ephesians that Jesus descended into the depths of the earth in order that he could fill all things with himself. And he is glory. He descended into all our moments, even our darkest moments. Especially our darkest moments. For the light shines in the darkness, said John. Where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. Uh, there was no place darker and no sin greater uh, than that moment when the children of Adam took the life of Jesus on the tree, but their God gave the life of Jesus on the tree. And the moment of darkest evil became the moment of greatest good, the most brilliant light. And so in that one space, at that one time, the God of glory invaded all space and all time. C.S. Lewis writes, all moments that have been or shall be were or are present in the moment of his descending. As Julian of Norwich heard the Lord say in her famous vision, since I have turned the greatest possible harm into good, it is my will that you should know from this that I shall turn all lesser evil into good. When Jesus died, everything died. Because Jesus died, everyone's death. In every moment of death. That he might rise and fill all things with himself. Way, truth, life, light, meaning the good. So number five, maybe we can go home. You know, perhaps the greatest of all the resurrection appearances was when Christ appeared to John, exiled on the island of Patmos. 
And by that time, John had seen just about everything die. He had seen the destruction of Jerusalem, his home. Uh, Jesus appeared to John, blazing with glory. Do you remember that? And John fell down as though dead until Jesus walked over to him, put his hand down on, on his shoulder, and he said, John, it's me. To John, he reveals the meaning of space and time, which is himself. And then in Revelation 21, verse 1, we read this. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. That's everywhere that's anywhere. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling of God, the tabernacle of God, is with men. He will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself will be with them. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, Becky, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed passed away. It's not like it might happen. It's not like it will happen. It's more like it's already happened. It's finished. It's done. And he who sat upon the throne said, behold, I make all things new. Also, he said, write this, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Wow. So you see, there is an old Jerusalem in space and time. And there is a new Jerusalem finished and eternal, yet coming down in space and time. The Jerusalem above is our mother, says Scripture. And so you see, there is an old 6875 South Prince Circle in Littleton, Colorado, imprisoned in death and decay and time, and there is a forever new 6875 South Prince Circle in a new earth with my forever new, eternally new dad in the backyard enjoying his garden, no longer a slave to time, but a master of time. And there was an old 478 Somerset Drive in Golden and a forever new 478 Somerset Drive in in the new Golden. And in that house, I am enjoying an eternal whoopee cushion with my four children. And they are putting on an Easter play, but they know to the depths of their being what Easter means. And Becky is cute as ever, but her tears are gone and her sorrow has turned into joy. You see, everything good in that old house was the presence and promise of that eternal home. And everything dark and evil was a preparation for the manifestation of God's glory, which is grace. So see, the good moments and the bad moments are forever filled with life and light and meaning and grace. They are forever filled with Jesus. And in the words of C.S. Lewis, of course, it's different. As different as the real thing is from the shadow. Uh, or as waking life is from a dream. In the last book of, of the Narnia series, the children are drawn into the eternal Narnia from the old Narnia through a stable door, and Lewis writes this. It was the unicorn who summed up what everyone was feeling. 
He stamped his right hoof on the ground and, and he neighed and then he cried out, I've come home at last. This is real country. I belong here. This is the land that I've been looking for all my life. Though I never knew it till now. John saw his home rising from the dead, coming down from heaven, filled with glory. John 21, 8, Jesus says to John, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give from the fountain of the water of life without payment. That's the payment. There's no payment. It's grace. He who conquers shall have this heritage, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. Who conquers. John 5, 5, 4. John writes, this is the victory that conquers the world, our faith. Faith is Jesus Christ rising within us. He shall be my son. But as for the cowardly, like Peter, right before Easter. The faithless, like Thomas, just before he put his hand in the wounds in Jesus' side. The polluted, the murderers, like John, the son of thunder who wanted to call down fire on an entire Samaritan village. Fornicators like, like Judah, like David, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their lot shall be in the lake that burns with fire and Theon, translated sulfur, or, or divinity, same words. They're, they will have their part in the lake that burns with fire that is divinity, which is the second death. Now we just read Jesus made all things new and so these people are not things just shadows of things or they are just not yet made new which doesn't mean Jesus still can't make them new or hasn't already made them new in the eternal city Jesus said he came why to cast fire upon the earth his love is fire. When we resist it, it burns. When we surrender to it, it fills us with glory, and we enter the city. Then came one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls full of the last plagues, that was blood, that was fire, and spoke to me saying, come, I will show you the bride, the wife of the lamb, who's washed, they've washed their clothes, right, in the blood of the lamb. And in the spirit, he carried me away to a great high mountain and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, having the glory of God, its radiance like a most rare jewel, like a jasper, clear as crystal. It had a great high wall with 12 gates, and at the gates 12 angels and on the gates names of the 12 tribes of the sons of Israel were inscribed on the east three gates north three gates south three gates and on the west three gates names like Judah Simeon and Levi all incredible liars who lied about the death of their brother Joseph all former liars but now I guess filled with truth and the wall of the city had 12 foundations and on them 12 names of the 12 apostles of the of the lamb Just, John looked and he saw names like Peter, the former coward, and like Thomas, uh, formerly unfaithful, and like John, the son of thunder. Number six, John saw John, <laughs> but a new John built into a city a city that's a temple that is God's home. You see, we can go home and God can go home 
to his city, his home, us. We build our cities in faithlessness and fear, and the whole time God is building his city with faithfulness and love. He's building us. John thought he built the city, and so he shut the gates, made the walls thick to guard the goods. He went to war full of violence, the son of thunder, but Jesus revealed that God built the city. And the city was John. The true John was a gift of grace, and so he was full of grace. And the gates of the city were always open. And so the son of thunder became the apostle of love. That's real thunder. Number seven, on the island of Patmos, John saw all things filled with love. And he's the one that wrote, God is love. And that, my friends, is the loudest thunder. Julian of Norwich wrote, God wants us to consider and enjoy love in everything. And this is the knowledge of which we are most ignorant. For some of us believe that God is almighty and has power to do everything. And that he is all wisdom and knows how to do everything. But that he is all love and is willing to do everything. There we stop. And it seems to me that this ignorance is what most hinders those who love God. We take this fear for humility, but it is foul ignorance. Ignorance of what? Easter and the power of love. See, when we think Easter is small, just one guy, one time, one place on the other side of Easter, of the world, Earth, <laughs> When we think Easter is small, the Redeemer is small. So we think we must be our own Redeemer. So we take the good and we guard the good as our own good. We build walled cities that become prisons and then we go to war and we create hell and trap ourselves in hell. When we think Easter is small, our hearts become small small as hell. But when Easter is big, our hearts become big. I may not yet see all, all things new, but believing that my friend Jesus, who is love, believing that he makes all things new, makes all things new in me. Anyone in Christ is a new creation, right, Paul? Right, Paul, that, that, that new creation starts here in me, when I have faith that he makes all things new, I surrender all things to him at his tree. For he takes all my old things and makes them eternally new. I surrender all the good moments in gratitude. They're his. I don't have to hang on to them because he, he shines them up and gives them all back. I surrender all the evil moments in confession. Why? Because he fills them with grace and glory. That is his grace. I surrender all the confusing moments to his judgment, for he sorts the evil from the good, destroying the evil and purifying the good. Uh, 
when I have faith, I surrender all my moments. For I know my God who is love fashions those moments into the new creation, our home. You see, all of space and time is like an, an explosion going backwards. Like, like a film that's being played backwards, kind of like we uh, saw before. And God takes all of our moments in time. He takes all of our moments, our broken moments, and with those moments, our God who is love makes a new creation. What am I saying? this, that on the night he was delivered up, he took bread and he broke it, saying, this is my body given to you. Take and eat. And in the same manner, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this is the new covenant in my blood shed for the forgiveness of sins. Drink of it, all of you, in remembrance of me. And so we invite you to come forward, tear off a piece of the bread, dip it in the cup. The dark cups are wine, the light cups are juice. Come forward if you want Jesus. If you don't want Jesus, know that he wants you, but you can stay where you're seated or you can just walk past and say, no thanks. But if you want Jesus, if you trust Jesus just a little bit, you know, if anybody rises from the dead, I'm so glad it's Jesus. <laughs> Let's pray. Pray this with me silently in your heart. Father, in Jesus' name, I surrender my life, all my moments. And in Jesus' name, I receive your life every moment. It's Easter. Amen. And so Easter is not just one guy in one place at one moment rising from a tomb. For he is the first fruits, the first fruit of an entire new creation. Easter's not one guy at one moment in one place rising from oh, one grave. It's not just that. It's an entire new creation invading all of space and time. Right now, right here, through faith. And I know it seems small. I know it seems weak like a mustard seed. But very soon, very soon, 
you will see like John saw. Happy Easter. In Jesus' name. All I'm saying is believe the gospel. Amen.